Today's music is provided by our good friend Ty Warden, who you've heard on several of our episodes. His new single is called Come All, and it will be under his name, Tyler Frederick. And so if you like what you hear, we'll put a link in the description so you can listen to it anywhere you want. Our mission statement is to lead people to an active faith in Jesus Christ by loving God and loving people. On today's episode, I am joined by uh, two Nates, actually. My good friend, Nate Ackley. And uh, Nate, do you want to say hi so they know what you sound like? How's it going? And then my good friend, Nate Lowen. Do you want to say hi for them? So they know, Hello. They know your voice. They've heard you. They do. Um, for the sake of trying to not let things get too confusing with two Nates, um, I might refer to Nate Lowen as uh, Bird. And so just, just bear with me on that. And maybe... Nate Ackley, I might just call you Ackley. We'll see how consistent I am throughout it. So on today's episode, we are actually talking about the importance of not only mentorship and leadership, but also Christian community as a whole. And so the inspiration behind this topic was kind of coming from um, my study of Paul. And so Paul's interactions with people, uh, people like Barnabas and John Mark, and also his relationship with people like Titus. And so I think a good way to start this off maybe is just kind of to maybe get a spark note diversion of, I don't know, not just that your testimonies, but kind of like, you know, like how, like where was your growing up and where are you now in mm-hmm. life and how did you get led to that mm-hmm. point? So, uh, Nate Ackley, we'll start with you first. Yeah. Um, was born and raised in Colorado Springs, Colorado, and grew up somewhat in a Christian family, but I didn't take it serious and started my walk with the Lord when I was about 16. Um, I was introduced to Jesus and a relationship with him through Young Life, uh, who I work for now as a high mm-hmm. school director in Missoula, Montana. That's a whole other story. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's where I came to Christ. And ever since then, I've just been trying to follow um, what he's got for me. And I've also, you know, what we're talking about today is just like mentors, is, you know, allowed people to come into my life and really help guide me and yeah. you know, give me wisdom. Um, you know, when I'm faced with the decision of where do I want to go to college? Uh, what do I want to do with my life? Now I'm in, you know, Joplin, Missouri. And then like being here, there's just like other people that I had to allow in. Yeah. So seeking that guidance. Mm-hmm. It's good. Bird, what about you? Um, for me, I, I did grow up in a, in a house that of, of believers, but I mean, it wasn't my own until I moved here mm-hmm. and we got involved at, at our church um, with, and honestly, it was it was those relationships, uh, not specifically with a mentor right away or, or someone who's discipling me, but with, with our life group. And that was what really kickstarted it. So I had a, a lot of knowledge, but not the relationship piece um, in terms of my walk. And I, I think in what we talk about, it's a lot harder to do that piece. I mean, we're sort of conditioned mm-hmm. in America, right? We, from school to Sunday school to college to even how you do like young adult classes at, at in most bodies, I'm mm-hmm. not picking on anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just this idea that like, you're gonna learn a whole bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. But there isn't a whole lot of, okay, outside of 
Wednesday, Sunday, and then whatever other night of the week you tend mm-hmm. to meet with your people. Like, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. How's, how's that done in community or with someone else mm-hmm. who either is discipling you or you're discipling? And that that was not a piece that I even wrestled with until probably three or four years ago. Yeah. yeah. And it was it was having two men in my life, Adam Scooty and Tony Kinzer, who modeled it and spoke about it. So I got mm-hmm. the method and the message. Yeah. yeah. Like, and then you don't realize what they're doing until, you know, like that moment three or four years ago, you're like, oh, whoa. Yeah. Well, it's now it makes sense. I think mm-hmm. it's a hard thing because we, and we've had this conversation around other things, but what is the church saying without saying it? If you don't, if you don't talk about discipleship as a piece of, of what we do as mm-hmm. the church, right? You just miss it completely because of the programmatic way that we encounter Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings. Yeah. You have this tendency to like, okay, what I'm, what I'm absorbing while I'm here is that it's important to go to Sunday school. It's important to, to sit quietly and listen and to stand up and sing mm-hmm. to like, you know, maybe you're, you're experimenting or encountering other denominations. Like mm-hmm. I'm yeah. going over here and like, these guys are, are really on fire. Like when it comes to worship time and these guys are totally rooted in the word and they're saying some amazing yeah, things that I never would have encountered. Mm-hmm. But there, there was never that piece for me beyond that until somebody explained it to me like, Hey, this mm-hmm. is, this is important on Monday morning too. Yeah. You know, and yeah. sometimes you hear that from the pulpit, but what does that actually look like? I mean, that was, that was not something I'd contemplated. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, you guys probably know my story. I talk about it a lot. I, I grew up in Michigan. Um, my parents were, they're good people, but they weren't believers. And so a lot of my coming to Jesus was through, uh, mentorship. And so I'm a, currently a youth minister at, uh, the St. Paul's in Carl Junction, Missouri. And my youth minister, Jason, um, him and I still have a super strong relationship. And so he was my youth minister for like three years. And then my senior year, he became the head pastor. And uh, there was another guy that came to my life, Chris Kadoigan. He was a, my youth minister for my senior year. And also I like kind of interned under him my freshman year of college. Um, but just like two people right there, like they, they were my youth ministers and they, they just poured a ton into me. Mm-hmm. And so I give them a lot of credit because I... I tried so hard, I think around that 17, 18, mm-hmm. and 19, like that age span to just be like, am I in or am I out? Yeah. And mm-hmm. let me dabble as much with being out mm-hmm. as I can. Yeah. And they yeah, they just kept pulling me back in, like they wouldn't they wouldn't let it yeah. happen. And that, my thing with Young Life is, you know, Young Life is pretty much built on like volunteers, like Young Life leaders, mm-hmm. and you know, they're pursuing kids in, in high school. And like, you know, my mentor in high school was Todd, um, I called him Matea because that was his last name. And is it Todd Matea? Todd Matea. That's a sweet name. It's pretty sick. A little short, uh, bald Korean dude. There you go. Yeah. I love him. Could have been an extra in the karate kit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he, like, it's good to hear other youth ministers that are out there that are just like, hey, it's not just a Wednesday night. It's not just a Sunday morning that I'm seeing you. Like, yeah. whatever you're going through on the other days, I'm there for you. I'm, I'm pursuing you. Like, I want to be around you. But for me, it was my young life leader where a lot of young life philosophies around that. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, it's just good to hear that, you know, you had youth ministers when you were that yeah. age where it's not just a Wednesday night that you're seeing them mm-hmm. or talking to them. And I think it really changed radically for me with Tony. Um, so I initially, when we started attending church again, going to the church building on Sunday mornings, um, recognizing I didn't know that much and here in Joplin, so many people, I mean, you guys both went to Ozark Christian College. 
So for me, mm. I'm an information gatherer and I immediately felt like I was at a deficit. Like I need to know mm. some stuff. And yeah. so it, in my, in the back of my head, that was the piece that I was missing in my discipleship. Like in my own mind, that's what I was missing. Mm-hmm. And so I contacted one of the professors, um, at, at Ozark, Michael DeFazio. And I was just like, Hey, I, I don't know you at all, but if you would be cool with this, like, let's sit down. I want to learn some stuff. And mm-hmm. he was awesome. Great guy. He, yeah, he's a great dude. Mm-hmm. Favorite professor. Was totally willing yeah. to sit down and answer any of my questions, point me in the right direction to kind of shine the light in the closet, so to speak. Um, but even that was like a once a week or once a month thing, like super busy dude. And that's not, that's not on him. It was mm-hmm. in my mind when I look back, like I, I'm thankful for the pieces he put in place, mm-hmm. but I was still missing that piece. Like I was a seeking information and then B I was looking for somebody who was like professionally holy mm-hmm. for lack of a better term. I mean, you guys are both paid to be in ministry right now. Mm-hmm. And Caleb, your father-in-law, Roger Twitchell, who's amazing, um, said earlier, like we all do discipleship. Mm-hmm. That's the, you know, it's the end of Matthew, right? Mm-hmm. Go and make disciples. That's mm-hmm. the mandate he's given to all of us. So whether you're paid to do it or not, that's sort of the piece. Right. And so for me, when I encountered Tony, Tony Kinzer and, and Adam Scooty, two guys, who modeled and gave me that that message of okay, this is what it looks like when you're not when you're not a paid minister to yeah. hear and have that from someone else. Because um, I, I mean, I had youth pastors that would spend a lot of time with me, or there were some pastors that were more willing to hang out and answer questions. Mm-hmm. But when you get somebody outside the church, quote unquote, right, who's not paid as a pastor, mm-hmm. who's doing that for you, mm-hmm. it almost there's almost like a different. For oh, lack of a better sure. term, yes. yeah, it's like mm-hmm. there's different currency. Like, oh, this is real, yeah. you know, I don't, which is so dumb. Yeah, I no, mean, you're onto something else, too. Yeah. I'm like 33 years old when that happened, and it was still <laughs> just like the light bulb moment goes off. Yeah, and, what? Yeah, I think there's a certain level of genuineness to it. Um, yeah, not to cut you off, but yeah, even just thinking too. Um, so I mean, obviously, I had an awesome youth minister who poured a lot into me, but at the same time too, I was in a high school small group. And one of the guys in the church, John Rowski, awesome guy, opened up his house to us. And we would mm. come over once a week, eat donuts and watch baseball mm. and then talk about God. <laughs> yeah. And that, that same fit, it's that same thing. It's like we're taking away the production. We're yeah. taking away all the other stuff. It's just us being together and talking about stuff. Yeah. I think that's our realness. Yeah. Even the couple minutes of like sitting here, it's just cool to hear y'all's different mentors that you've had in like different stages of life. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so great about mentors or like, you know, youth pastors, whatever, like job or occupation, like I think just having a mentor is so healthy. Like you can read any book on leadership or, you know, any sort of business book. It's like having a mentor, like having someone who you're able to go to and like talk about anything with what you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. Um, and it impacts you like, you know, obviously, you know, as a high school student, we don't realize like we were impacted by these youth pastors and these mentors until now looking yeah. back on it, maybe earlier than that, like I knew Todd was always going to mentor me, but then, you know, I come here and all of a sudden, like I have different mentors, um, for like different things. Cause like I was involved in young life and Jeremy Ritchie, who was the area director at the time was a mentor of mine at Starbucks. I looked up to you guys a ton mm-hmm. and you guys are like really great friends, but even looking up to you guys as mentors. And so that's just the beauty of, um, discipleship is, and in Jesus, it's like Jesus is going to impact you through so many people. Yeah. And you're going to impact people's lives as well. 
Like, so let, let me ask you guys this, because for me, it seems so formulaic. Like, and it's, it's the, it's my own failing and <laughs> how I take the way I'm naturally gifted and I push it all the way to the wall. Mm-hmm. But my idea of discipleship was like this formalized, you know, teacher, student, like we're mm-hmm. going to, you know what I mean? So like, down, like what did when you, Padawan when you first encountered that word discipleship, like what was, what was in your head? What were you envisioning? I think going back to, to my small group in high school, it was really impactful for me and it helped me a lot. And so my first year in it, I was just a student. I was just learning. And then kind of the setup was, although John Narowski hosted, he didn't, he didn't lead it. And like a senior in a high school would lead it. And so my idea of discipleship was like, all right, now I'm going to be the leader of this group. So I'm going to be the one writing the lessons. I'm going to be the one talking. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, that's a part of it, but that's not really what it is. You know, at least I would, yeah. at this point in my life, I wouldn't say that's what it is. And I really like, uh, you, I don't even remember when we talked about this, Nate. At some point, you talked about the uh, the way to know of a good disciple, I think, the, the FAT acronym. Oh, yeah, Faithful, so Available, and Teachable. Yeah, teachable. and uh, I think the available part has really stuck out to me. Mm. And so when making disciples, I think a big part of it is, is being available and being there. Yeah. And uh, maybe not always, you know, use words when you, when you have to or when you can to share the gospel, but mm-hmm. um, even just showing up to stuff is just so impactful. Yeah. Um, I... I agree with that, and I would put it as walking with. I don't necessarily see discipleship as, you know, the teacher and the student, mm-hmm. you know, the student sitting at a desk and your mentor, your teacher, your, the person giving all your information. Discipleship is just like, all right, here's an assignment, here's a piece yeah. of paper, here's something to read. Right. It's like, no, then, like, he's a teacher or a professor, whatever you want to call it, but I think mentor and discipling is walking with. I think about um, a mentor in Missoula, his name's Barry. And when I moved out there to take on the position as a high school director, he immediately was just like, I want you to live with me. I want you to live with me and my wife and my, and my two golden retrievers. Mm. And I walked in life with them because I lived in their basement and he invited me into his, to his home to live there, into his life, into his dog's life. Like I'm pretty much his, like his name's Baxter. I'm pretty much his uncle. Like, mm. <laughs> um, and that's how I see it is like someone who, um, is available, you know, is faithful and teachable. Um, and also making, opening their home. And- opening up their home, sitting down with you, going on on hikes. I think there's times in discipleship where it's like, hey, let's sit down. Here's some things I just want to lay out. Like, this is something I read. And so Barry does that all the time because I think he likes listening to himself talk, but I love him. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he's so, like, wise. Like, he's been a physical therapist his, his entire life, like, mm-hmm. very successful. His wife is incredibly successful, too, in the physical therapy world. Um, but like what you were saying, like it wasn't, they don't have a position at the church. They're just a family that is just solid in their faith. And they see a freaking 22 year old kid coming through and they're like, we need to, we need to walk with this guy. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting. You used a word that Adam uses all the time and it's been a huge encouragement to me again, just struggling with like the formulaic Mm -hmm. wrestling against my, my, honestly, it's a sinful nature to be in control. Um, but invitation mm. Adam's big thing is like just invite them into what you're already doing right you know and, right and again as American believers we're almost and I'm sure both of you guys like you're you're given the assignment of coming up with programs mm-hmm. right right and those programs aren't necessarily creating disciples in and of themselves but they're no, part of program. the part <laughs> of the job right yeah so it's a platform to, to do discipleship it, it, 
Yes, agreed. And that's and so Adam, I'm thinking like, what the heck? Like I don't have anything to do these people. And so he is constantly poking me in the eyeball with A, who you are dictates what you do, right? You are a believer. You are a child of God. You are a son of the Father. You yeah. are the bride of Christ. That is who yeah. you are. Therefore, you get to do things out of that. You have mm-hmm. relation or responsibility because of those mm-hmm. relationships. And some of that responsibility is is making disciples. Just invite people into what you're already doing. Yeah. Like inviting people to, you know, whether I, I've never invited anyone to mow the lawn, but like mm-hmm. I, I have a buddy at, at work, like, we play video games together. Yeah, I'd be doing that by my lonesome, but now I do it with him. You know, right, hanging out with the kids at the mm-hmm. pool. Yeah, when we so when I talk with my young life leaders, we call it contact work, where we're going into the school, we're mm-hmm. meeting students, trying to know their name, and there's like different levels to it. There's a whole philosophy to it. Yeah, um, but even that, like, it the, the thing is, we're we're walking with them, we're trying to invite them into a relationship with Jesus. We care about the relationship, but it's funny, or you're just like, ah, oh, like. Why can't I just invite this person to mow the lawn with me or something like a chore? Yeah. Like, and I would tell my young life leaders, like, if you're going to the grocery store, like, invite that student yep. and just be like, hey, I'm going to the grocery store, or you're getting your car washed, or you're doing homework, mm-hmm. like, because there's college students and they're like, if you're doing homework at Starbucks, like, invite, you know, your girls to come do homework with, and that's discipling. That's that's relationship building. Yeah. Well, um, and you you talked about this. This came to mind because of you studying Paul and Timothy. The reality is, like, Paul invited Timothy mm-hmm. to do it with him. And so there's there's two books that I want to throw out there, and they're both relatively cheap. So one is Master Plan of Evangelism. Mm, so good. So good. And uh, that is by, oh, shoot, Robert Coleman. Mm. And then the other one is With by Sky Oh, Jatani. yeah, Sky Jatani, man. So, in, and in both of those, like, that idea that you're, you're really – and it's again Jesus gave us the method and the message you know and Paul emulated it with Timothy but yeah he spent all this time with the disciples they just went with him wherever he did mm-hmm. and they mimicked his behavior mm-hmm. and while they were mimicking him he was also giving them the message yeah so that's one of the things I appreciate about Adam and Tony and and was so different and again I'm not knocking Michael I am so thankful for that time like yeah Michael would ask me so many questions. Mm-hmm. You would just ask, you want to see what I was thinking, like what yeah. I've been reading, all this stuff. Yeah. Lots and lots of questions and then redirects. And Adam and Tony very much like give me the language. So I'm with them and they're like, this is how we should think about this biblically. And mm-hmm. if it's it's whatever, like they'll yeah. tell you this is an opinion thing, but then mm-hmm. there are other times like, I think you should be thinking this way. Yeah. And it it's so funny because the reality, like Caleb, you and I have kids, they you're not married, but you hang out with kids all the time. Yeah. When you're with kids, like you're instructing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. whether you mean it or not. You right. know what I mean? Like you look yeah. back, yeah. I'm like, wow, that he, that's I'm, interesting. I'm glad I was there to have that conversation because they needed someone five, 10, 20 years yeah. older to like give some instruction. And obviously it looks different when they're four and five than right. the ones you're with. Yeah. But we do it so naturally. Mm-hmm. It's how he's made us like made in his image mm-hmm. is to make disciples. Right. Man, I, I mean, Paul and Timothy is like, you know, well, Jesus and his disciples is like really the example, mm. you know, we're all looking, but Paul obviously, you know, is a huge, um, large, he, like, you know, yeah. huge person to like emulate that for the church, you know, with, with Paul and Timothy. But I think what's cool, um, you know, here's a question is like, do you guys ever feel like with, you know, the mentors that you maybe have right now or in the past, like 
you ever feel like those roles switched at one point or in a conversation where it's like you become like the, the mentor because it's like we're both human like one's not jesus or one you know obviously the first initial person is the teacher or the mentor or the one that's really the one that took the action to pursue you first yeah but Nate, I want to counter your question with another question, or maybe a story. I don't even know if my question makes sense. I don't oh, know it does. It, it does. It's I, just, I, you know, you're in a conversation I with your mentor, you're... and it's like, all of a sudden, it's like, you know, they need to be going through something, and you guys are just at a place where it's just healthy, where it's just like, whoa, I'm Well, I'm I think a, a small piece yeah. of that is the truth doesn't belong to us. Mm. Yeah. Right? And that's another misconception that's I had in my life. It was like, I need to ingest this, and right. it will become mine. I will own it, and then I can dispense it at yeah. mine. Mm-hmm. Like, no, it's his. He's the truth. He set me right. free. It goes from there. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. anything, I'm a conduit at sometimes, mm-hmm. but not really. And I think that's something that comes with age, though, too. I think as a high school student um, with older mentors, um, I never felt like at any point, like, was I speaking to their lives or mentoring them? No, I don't um, think so. But as I've gotten older, though, like, now that I'm, like, in this weird, like, limbo age where it's, like, when you're in your 20s, it's not weird to have friends that are in their 40s or 50s. No. Like, you guys can connect that way. And so and there are times where, you know, like, yeah. my mentors when I was younger, like, there are times where I feel like I can speak some wisdom into yeah. their lives well, as well. And so, I will say this. So I remember... Uh, going back to Todd, my young life leader in high school, when I became a young life leader here in Joplin, um, I had a student, his name was Caden, and he's just um, on fire for the Lord. He always has been. I got to baptize him, um, I think, my first year here as a young life leader. I was like, what in the world is going on? It was after camp, and mm. um, you know, he wanted to follow Jesus. But he started sending me like scripture and things that he's read, and he was like, man, I, I think you need to hear this. And, but there was a moment I was like, ah, like, I don't need to hear it. Like, you're still a student. You know, I want, I don't want to sound terrible for saying this. It's just like, oh, you don't know that much. Like, who are you to kind of tell me? But it's like, and I told, but I told Todd that and he was like, why is that bothering you? Yeah. Like he is now a Christ follower and he's reading something that's filled with spirit and he's trying to talk to you and you're just ignoring it. Our own pride gets right. Uh, I'm trying to think too. I feel like Proctor, um, the president of Ozark? I don't Matt know what role is, yeah. I think yeah, he's he used the president. To, I think he used to say this. Um, like when people would complain about like you have your Shane Woods and your Defazio's like everyone wants to take their class. Yeah. And so if you have, if you have the option of, of taking Colossians and Ephesians and your options are like Defazio or like maybe let's just say like this older professor that like just isn't as highly coveted. Mm-hmm. and Defazio's class is filled up and he gets stuck with this other guy, you would hear people like groan and be like, oh, well, maybe I'll just right. take it next semester right. or something. And he would be the one that would bring this up a lot. If not him, someone else. But someone for sure at Ozark would bring this up. Yeah. Um, it's like you're you're assuming that this person has nothing to offer you, that you have, mm-hmm. there's nothing you can learn from them. Right. Um, and that the Spirit also is not speaking through them. And like yeah. that level of like arrogance too, or just uh, we, we build people up mm-hmm. too much as well. And yeah. uh Makes me think of First Corinthians when um, you have churches that are baptizing people um, in other people's names. Mm-hmm. Like you basically have disciples of Peter, disciples of Paul, yeah, and like all these other groups. And uh, the idea, and I think too, in like a, a Hebrew culture, was you would have you would have a rabbi, like you would have mm-hmm. like um, Rabbi Nathaniel. He's right. my guy. He's the one I go to for wisdom. And so, yeah. like, that's not a super wasn't a super uncommon thing. But then now, obviously, realize like no, like whether it's Rabbi Nathaniel or um, Nate from Seven Eleven, 
I've like never the, worked at Seven Eleven. I'm just saying, <laughs> uh, the spirit can speak to both people. That's the thing, right? Equally, you know, yeah. in different ways and as well. I just so. point that out because I think it's it's not anything to be ashamed of when that happens. I think it, that it just goes to like the beauty of like how the spirit's working through that relationship, you know, between well, the mentor and there's the I mean, there's there's a lot of layers to what you're talking about. Too, there is because what you're talking about and just sharing the truth, that's encouragement. Right? right. So you're talking about prophecy, yeah. speaking the word in a way that's encouraging right. and edifying to others, or even correcting and rebuking. Yeah. But there's also an element. I mean, Adam, Adam is incredibly wise, and he talks about this pretty frequently. In that, you disciple someone else; you don't disciple each other. No. Right. So there's. I mean, for us, for me, I'll speak which for myself. Like... I I I have good friends that I hope will one day discover like the joy and the freedom mm. that I have found in Christ. Mm. And that is sort of the driving, like for me in that friendship, that's a huge backbone for me. Right. I don't know if they know that that well, but that's where I'm at. Yeah. But if they decide to follow Christ, then that, that discipleship piece mm-hmm. becomes like, I'm going to disciple you. Right. We're still friends, but I'm discipling you. You're not discipling me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't say yeah, that to no. be arrogant, but I think, right. Like, and that makes, that's more accurate to you with the relationship, I would say, with, with Paul and yeah. Timothy, you know, where it's very clearly, it feels as if Paul is the mentor, he's giving direction, and right. Timothy's following. Yeah. So, I don't know, I'm just kind of talking about those, you know, those times, because then those conversations where you're just sharing truth with each other. Oh, so I think I am talking about, you know, truth and encouragement, and, even you know, speak, like yeah. the spirit. When it's, Be the one, I don't know. I, but at the same time... I'm not going to tell. So another mentor of mine's name is Pastor Jim and Zula. Pastor Jim. Is Pastor that his first Jim. name or his last name? Uh, his name is Jim Hicks. And <laughs> total crazy crazy story. This is probably a tangent. But his grandfather and his dad were a part of gangs in Springfield. And he was telling me that they would drive from Branson, like Branson area, mm-hmm. go up to Springfield to go fight. All really? <laughs> and it was like during Prohibition days, like 20s and 30s. And I so guess they have, they have like a, but his name, the Hick family, everyone, there was a lot, they, like there was a, so a law the or a fine or someone, like yeah. if you were That's a Hick, like you're going to get arrested yeah. because they were known to just go up there and cause trouble. I like the idea of them just having swoop back hair and overalls, yeah. just looking <laughs> around for a tussle. So yeah. I was talking about this the other day. This is legitimately a tangent. Like what's the wardrobe going to be as I enter like my sixties and seventies <laughs> and I can't decide. Uh, can't decide if I want the pants like pulled halfway up my chest, yeah, or if I want to go overalls. Overalls feels better because I'm going overalls. You can either go shirt or shirtless, depending yeah. on you know if you have yeah. to go inside somewhere. I think I shirtless. You have to go inside. Somewhere. I think okay. when I become old, I think I'm gonna try and just go with whatever the fashion is still, or like for that time. You're gonna be a trendy old person. Be a trendy old person. Because yeah. that's what. Because that's Barry. Like he's just a super trendy, yeah. and he's rocking skinny jeans and like really nice button-up shirts and yeah. skinny jeans. Oh, I love it. I think it's sick. But anyways, like you know, with Pastor Jim, it's like he uh, is actually not a pastor anymore. Um, the church that he was working for had some transitions in leadership, and their bylaws are stupid, and they had to they had to fire him hmm. because of like the new pastor because he applied for the job, and it was a whole mess thing. But I still call him Pastor Jim. That's my pastor. Yeah. Um, but I'm never, but when he was going through that, like he's not coming to me to ask for advice or yeah. to like, and he was honest about like what he was going through, but it wasn't, I was just trying to encourage him just like in the sense of like, you know, 
reminding him like what Jesus would say about him and things like that. Mm-hmm. But as far as like the practicality of like trying to find another job and yeah. everything like that, but I'm not your mentor for that. I'm not, and he does like even so, though he's like sixty five. Yeah, that's. Like, I mean, so I don't know the technicalities, but we're in a life group, and two of the men in that life group are or were pastors, Jeremy mm-hmm. and Chad. Oh yeah, like those two guys have forgotten more about scripture than I will probably ever know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's just the yeah, reality. But here, you know scripture though, I, man. And like, I, you listen, really do. Again, I look up to that. And I don't I don't say that to be, I do kind of say it to be self-deprecating. But the reality <laughs> is they're just, they're wiser and smarter and a little further, like the kids are a little older. Like I can learn a lot from them. I'm, I'm not, I, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things like there's an accessibility that I appreciate about both of them. Like they model yeah. that for me in a way that I'm yeah. going to take mm-hmm. because I, I think when we talk about discipleship, Rebecca and I have this conversation all the time. Who are you learning from? Mm-hmm. And at work, like I, there's this guy, Matt, who I love to death, like good dude. He thinks completely opposite of me. Yeah. We are polar opposites, but I follow him around like a little puppy dog because I want to learn what he knows. Mm. Like he's teaching me that. So in a way, he's discipling me when it comes to IT stuff, mm-hmm. network stuff. Like he knows yeah. more and I want to follow him. Mm-hmm. And I think we we may be overcomplicated as believers, right? Who who are you learning from? Who looks like Jesus to you? Mm-hmm. Who do you want to spend time with? Do they have time for you? And like, how can how can you learn from them? You know? Mm-hmm. If if you're listening to this thinking like I don't have time to be discipled or disciple someone else. Like again, nonsense. Invite people into what you're already doing, right? And look around. Who do you know that is a little further ahead of you that you want to spend time with? Like, right. I just want to pepper. Yeah, and be annoying. With be annoying with it. Text oh, hundred percent. Like, yeah, well, I'm not too annoying. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a check. <laughs> I mean, they, but the reality is, they can tell you no. You know, right, I've sure. been told yeah. no. Like, I'm sorry, I, I don't have time. Like, okay, cool. Yeah. I trust that the Holy Spirit is going to work yeah. through that because if our end goal is to look like Jesus, mm-hmm. Jesus said it. If you know me, you know the Father. Mm. You know the Father, you know me. Right. Mm-hmm. So, do I know Him? Does He know the Father, and vice yeah. versa? Like, or or her, depending on your yeah. situation. Like, are you following them as they follow Christ? There's somebody around you. If you're looking around and you're like, "Man, I really want to be discipled," I don't know anyone who looks like Jesus. That's a problem. Yeah, it is. It um, it goes to the you know sense of like when you know the the analogy of you know when the plane the oxygen masks go down they tell you like hey put your mask on first before you help others and this and we use and i use that analogy with young life leaders just like if you are not being fed mm-hmm. through church through community through your mentor which mm-hmm. they should be meeting um you know mm-hmm. at least twice a month or so at least once a month people right now <laughs> <laughs> i don't even care they're not gonna listen to us anyway <laughs> Talking about well, you, Leroy. But, but it's like, but it's one of those things. It's right. like, how can you go pour into students if you're not being poured into? And sure. we started the conversation this way, right? We didn't know until someone else opened our eyes and right. showed us. You're we like, oh snap! Yeah. And so, like, you know, for listeners here, it's like it goes to like you look around, like who is someone who is farther along that you can just be like, yeah, I just want to follow you and call them, figure out like what they do as a job and go meet them at the job. I don't know, but. It, if you, you, your life is so fragile and you're, you're going to go through so many things and I'm only 24 and I can't speak for anyone, but I can already say like I've gone through some stuff, but when I look ahead at my mentors and just kind of where they've been through, it's like, 
yeah. and I really need to have some people in my corner who is going to walk with me, who is going to support, encourage me no matter what. And I think, and uh, you know, and discovering like if it's a good, because there's bad mentors out there where I'm sure there are going to be people that yeah. give you bad advice. And then you're going to have like another mentor who, who's super good is going to tell you, Hey, like maybe stop meeting with that person. And yeah. Here's another person that you can meet with. So, you know, whoever your mentor is, um, who, and it doesn't even even have to be one person. I would say it's probably healthier if it's multiple people. I would say it's, yeah, definitely multiple people. I it's agree. Like, and it, oh, there's just so much like knowledge and wisdom and so much life out there yeah. to learn from. Well, and it, I mean, so you, I, I like having to, the posture to learn too. I like to come about things from the other way too. How how have I failed? Not just in my successes. Like I can look at the men that I've learned from. And like man, I'm glad I know those dudes. But when I have stuck my head in the sand. Like failure, failure came by not trying. Mm. When you're not trying to be discipled, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. In addition, when you're in a silo, and so that's, I have an accounting degree. It's a stupid business term. But essentially, (laughs) you're surrounding yourself with people that think and look and talk like you. Mm -hmm. Now, when the goal is to be like Jesus, that's great. But I'm not gifted the same way everybody else is. Who's gifted differently than Mm -hmm. me? That doesn't mean like I'm going to copy those gifts. Right. I'm not going to suddenly be gifted those ways, yeah. but I can learn things from them. Mm-hmm. You know, if I am going to a predominantly, I, I don't know, like if I'm going to a predominantly Methodist church, like am I spending time with somebody who's more Pentecostal than me? Am yeah. I spending time with someone who's a little more like Reformed Presbyterian than me? Like, mm-hmm. That is the whole body. That's the body of Christ. Jesus yeah. said he'll build the church. Right. You know, so is my piece to learn from the, mm-hmm. like the Holy Spirit is speaking through all those people. And yeah. so it's, yeah, there's That's a good. diversity I, I missed out on for a long time. Just like, I'm going to be yeah. a Calvinist. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I appreciate like the diversity of mentors that I've had, especially here in my time in Joplin, just because, you know, I was working at Starbucks with y'all, you know, obviously, you know, in young life and then even, mm-hmm. you know, at the college at Ozark. Um, so just so many great people. And so like, I'm here on vacation and it's just, I mean, I have to go see my mentors. I have to go see the friends that yeah. uh, during my time here. Isn't that like, funny though? I do the same. Like when I go to Michigan, it's like, who are the people I'm going to go see? It's usually the people that like have been the bigger influences yeah. mentors in my life. Yeah. It's like, uh, and, you know, instead of like going to see like old, like I do go see my old high school friends, but mainly it's like. I've see, I don't seen, even have any high school friends that I would want to see, which sounds terrible, but it's. I mean, that's pretty common. I've moved on from. We've both been there. Yeah. yeah. I've moved on from the spring. So. Um, one thing I do want to bring up though. Um, and I, I'm just big on the importance. Uh, obviously, we've been talking for half an hour about the importance of mentorship. But even <laughs> too, just like the importance of just Christian community. And so, like, kind of like touching what you're talking about, Nate. Uh, even too, going back to to early creation, the idea that uh, Adam and Eve are man and woman, like that they are represent, like they represent that they are two different people and they offer two completely different things. Mm-hmm. And those two people together make up the full image of God, mm. not just Adam, not just Eve. It takes both right. of them. Mm. And that translates into community as well. And so um, in Luke, whenever they send out, you know, the 72, mm-hmm. they send them out in pairs, they send them out in groups. Mm-hmm. And then, and so even with ministry too, it's so funny because uh, their traditional church is like, let's hire one youth minister and let's just give them freedom to, mm-hmm to kind of do their thing. And I'm actually in a really unique situation because I am, I am one of three youth ministers. And so, yes, like I'm in charge of the Carl Johnson stuff, but I have two other youth ministers that are like essentially walking with me as mm-hmm. I like, go through stuff. Mm-hmm. 
Chad actually, Chad Ragsdale, who we shouted out his name a couple times. And I, I probably mentioned this on this podcast before, so if, if you've heard this story before, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, he, he talks about this passage in 1 Corinthians, and for the longest time, I'd always, I had read it as just like a, a literal translation, like he is mm-hmm. saying this to one person. Mm-hmm. And um, for the sake of context, I'll read it out loud. It's uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation has overtaken you accept what is common in mankind, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out that you can endure. And reading that, I think it's so easy. Our, our mind goes to, well, I need to be more disciplined, and I need to not give him temptation. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Chad gave the context, like, this is this is not to an individual at the Church of Corinth. This mm-hmm. is to the whole body of Corinthians, right. or the Church of Corinth. And looking at it from that perspective completely changes how we look at that passage. Yeah. Like when we're tempted, it's not on us alone to overcome that temptation. It's for us as a body. And so you talked about it earlier. When you're making big decisions, who are you talking to? Mm-hmm. You're looking at other jobs. You're about to move into a bigger house. You're, yeah. you know, potentially moving. Who are you talking to about that? Mm-hmm. And I hope it's more than one person. Yeah, I mean, it has been. But I mean, I'm just in general, yeah. like. Every big decision I make, I, I ask like three people. I yeah. talk to them about it and pick yeah. their brains before. And I think that's a lot of what the point of sending out people in pairs was and a mm. lot of the point of what Paul's trying to, to communicate to the Church of Corinth when, when he's talking about that passage and, and yeah. about temptation. Yeah, I would affirm that because I think the Holy Spirit speaks. I mean, the, God, God speaks to us, the Holy Spirit, Scripture and Circumstance. And that doesn't mean that this, this, don't hear me saying like every little thing that happens to you, he's caused, right? Yeah. God has allowed a lot of things to happen, but he has not caused all of them to happen. You know, mm. that's, that's not my point. But the reality mm. is I, I want to piggyback on what you're saying. Like when you are in community, it is easier to understand how the spirit is speaking specific to your community mm. because as we're all following Christ, as we're all reading scripture, as we're walking together, as mm-hmm. our desire is to be like Jesus and know the Father like Jesus knew us, or knew him, rather, sorry. Um, you can you can discern what the Spirit is saying specifically to you mm-hmm. a lot a lot more easily um, yeah. mm-hmm. than if you're just out there on their own, you know, trying to read the tea leaves for back, uh, lack of a better term. Yeah. And a quick story, too. Uh Again, I grew up in Michigan, so going to college was a really big deal on where I was going to go. Uh-huh. And so I remember whenever I was debating like where I was going to go to school, kind of my options were uh, Great Lakes Christian College, which was in Michigan. Um, I was looking at Cincinnati Bible College, and I hadn't really even heard about Ozark yet. Mm-hmm. Just these other two colleges I'd heard about. And so I, I prayed to God that he would give me this obvious sign. I was mm-hmm. like, please, like, hit me over the head of what you want me to do. Mm-hmm. And it was actually Jason that was the one that approached me about Ozark. And so we went on a tour and like being like being there, like I knew like this is the place mm-hmm. that I feel like I need to be. Mm-hmm. But again, that's coming like if it was just left up to me, if I had never like talked to Jason about college and stuff, I who knows what I would have picked. I'm mm-hmm. not saying that I wouldn't have had a good mm-hmm. life and, mm-hmm. and grown like mm-hmm. based on whatever decision I made. But his guidance helped lead me here and yeah. looking at my life now like. I'm pretty content with how things have turned out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I have a similar story of how I came out here to, to go to Ozark as well. Just had a mentor my, my senior year when I was more plugged into like youth group. 
Um, and he drove me out here with some other students and he was like, Hey, I'm inviting you to come check out this place. And it's just that whole thing. It's just like, Hey, I'm already doing this. And like, I think it was like honestly, like a couple of days before they were going to leave. And he was like, I think you should check it out. Mm-hmm. And that's how I came out here too. Well, and I think let's, let's not misunderstand freedom either because right. you can, totally. I mean, he's given us the freedom to make these choices. Absolutely. I mean, and we've had this conversation, Rebecca and I are looking for a bigger house. Like, we have the freedom to buy a bigger house. Yeah. We have freedom not to buy a bigger house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, motivation is always important. Like, are we examining our hearts? Mm-hmm. You know, I have the freedom to follow this person or that person. Maybe yeah. you have a, a glut of, of mentors and disciples. Yeah. People who are discipling you, you know, and you're trying to decide how to spend your time. Like, pray about it. Maybe mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit will be specific, but maybe he's going to leave it up to you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, definitely. You know? I believe in a guy that, you know, yeah. has to have free will. And someone told me that in college. And I'll share, like, you know, personally, like, what I'm going through right now currently, because it relates to mentors, is, you know, I'm going to transition out of my job with Young Life. And there were definitely times in the last couple months where it's like, I can figure it out. Like, I'm good. Like, mm. you know, but then I quickly realized I'm incredibly stressed. Uh, there were nights when I was just losing it. I was like, what am I going to do with my life? Mm-hmm. And then I realized I, I need to I need to call out, call to Pastor Jim and I need to talk to him. And I'm like pretty down about, you know, wanting to transition because of like what I felt like, you know, where God's leading me. And like the first like minute or two with like Pastor Jim, he was like, are you so down? Like, just be excited about it. And he <laughs> talked about the freedom of like, hey, like, you, like, yeah, you're not going to have a job, but now you have like incredible opportunity and so yeah. much freedom to like, you know, if you want to stay here in Missoula, if you want to go back to Joplin, um, go to China, I don't know. Probably yeah, not China that's, right that's now. But. Adam, man, he <laughs> is so annoyingly optimistic and wise. Yeah. How dare he? Yeah. And, and so, I mean, so sense the Holy yeah. Spirit. Right. Like, and so since then, and you know, when I've told people that, Hey, I'm going to be, you know, not with Young Life anymore. Um, I've been confident in it. It's just like, and today I got with Andy Storms, who was another incredible mentor of mine at Ozark. Uh, he was a dorm resident. No, not dorm resident. Dorm, dorm dad. I don't know. Dorm what, dad. I don't know, if I don't know what the official title is, yeah. but we call him dad. Cause he was kind of like a dad for all the guys in the dorm. But anyways, Today, when I told Matt, he was just like, oh, that's exciting. So I say this because, yeah, like when you're facing big decisions, it like you got to reach out to a mentor. You got to reach out to, to people who are farther ahead, you know, to help you make that decision. But at the end of the day, it is your it is my decision. Yeah. And people can choose to support the decision or not. I, I hope I have friends and family and mentors to support me. I think we made it clear we do. Yeah. And I, you know, I, in, <laughs> I don't, a, but <laughs> an incredible book to read as far as like, um, if you're in the professional world or wanting to, the Bible, um, <laughs> the Bible, but, uh, a book that's really helped me out as far as like, um, trying to make decisions along with mentors and people in my life and, the, and in the work is, uh, integrity by Dr. Henry cloud. So that's just a recommendation for people. It's it's a lot. So we've talked about the idea okay. of, of mentorship and discipleship. Right. As a believer, do you think that you should be, I mean, you guys obviously currently are paid, again, <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. disclaimer, any believer, should you be discipling someone? Uh, yes and no. I think the goal should be to be at a point probably where you can. That's fair. But I don't think that everyone... I, I think there is a period of life where we're, we're drinking milk. Like we are yeah. in the baby phase and we need to to be okay with that. 
And yeah. um, I, I think it's, it's pretty safe to say, um, from 15 till 18, I knew that my role was a student mm-hmm. from 18 to 20. I thought my role was to disciple people and yeah. I, I was not ready. Mm. And I, you know, my, my story, I, yes, I went to school to be a youth minister, but I did not go into vocational ministry until I was in my mid to late twenties. Mm. And I think a big part of that was, I just, I wasn't ready. I mm. was not ready to be a disciple yet. So to, to, I would have told you the same thing, mm. even in my mid thirties, I, I didn't think I was ready. So one of my mentors to use him as an example, Tony Kinzer, he loves to just pick up scripture and then ask a question. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, it's been a while now, but a, a one that comes to mind is we were, we were talking about Exodus and Moses goes to Pharaoh says, let my people go the first time. Right. Oh, and I know this guy. Pharaoh's response <laughs> is who is this God that I should obey? Mm-hmm. And so Tony literally turns to me. Were you at that breakfast? Yeah, I was. Yeah. yeah you, you, so that was his question. He calls it his lean in moment. He just asks a question like, what would, what would your response be? Mm-hmm. Who is this God that you should obey him? And so I guess my point is, like, I agree with you that there's a there's a point where you're drinking milk. But what would you guys say? I had this complex idea of what it meant to mm-hmm. disciple others and mentor. Like, mm-hmm. And Tony just pulled back the curtain and was like, no, man, it's simple. Read the word. Ask them questions. Yeah. Show them what you're doing. Right. Like, yeah. That's why, you know, when you ask me, just like, you know, it's a stop when you hear that. And that's why it's just like, oh, I'm just walking with. It's very easy just to, like, walk mm-hmm. along the sidewalk with someone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, and, and it's not like this whole like complex, like, oh, I have my mentor certification. <laughs> pull this out. It's been, I earned it. Took me five yeah. years to get it. And you have to be this certain age in order, and then you have to get voted in. Yeah, it's funny, even circling back to what we talked about earlier, um, as far as Bible knowledge, uh, I teach the Bible to people. Do I know everything about scripture? No. I most certainly do not think that I do. Um, but again, I, I try very hard to make myself available. Mm-hmm. And I think if you are wondering if you're at a point where you can potentially be discipling people, I think that's the question you have to ask yourself. Am I willing to sacrifice my time mm-hmm. to to be with people? Mm-hmm. And whenever they ask me questions out of Exodus, like, you know, what does it mean when God hardens Pharaoh's heart? Mm-hmm. If I don't have the answer for that, that doesn't mean I'm not a good disciple right. or I'm not good at discipling people. Mm-hmm. But the fact that we're there having that conversation Mm-hmm. That speaks a lot. Yeah. And so um, here's a question. Um, what is, I guess it, it just kind of depends on like when you were, where were you at in life, you know, with your mentor, but like, what's one thing, like what's one statement or a story that your mentor has said, like told you that has like stuck with you? Wow. Yeah. It's so dependent upon what was going on. That's the thing, but yeah. it could be, I'm just saying, so okay, like what's for it? me, Pretty um, much the, just drop the wisdom. The, the two things that that really come to mind, and Adam and Tony have really helped me with this, is that, I mean, I, I, you may have inferred or uh, intuited, yeah, intuited this. I am an achiever, mm-hmm. and so I want to do, 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 mm-hmm. do, and then therefore build up my identity out of that. Speaking of which, I can't wait to have our conversation on justification. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be a twisted one for me. Yeah, but it's. It's got to go backwards. I know who I am in Christ. I know who I am to the Father. I know that the Holy Spirit lives within me. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. therefore, I am capable of doing all these things. But they both came back to me and said, hey, you got to slow down. Mm -hmm. They didn't say that right away. 
It wasn't yeah. some weird snap judgment where they sat across the table and like, hey, uh, I can tell right now that you uh, do too much. Mm-hmm. It was after a couple of years of, of living life with me and they both encouraged me. Hey, your wife and your daughter, those are the two that you need to disciple. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. your, you know, your little trickle down, your pyramid, the champagne thing, the, yeah. the fountain. Like those two get the majority of your time. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know. Uh, a few weeks ago, it was really exciting. Ava asked about baptism. Oh, so right. I got super excited. And yeah. I'm like, you know, me being me, I plow right in there and we're going to talk about this. Yeah. And the reality is she's not quite ready. Okay. She's starting to ask questions, which is awesome. Hey, my but, first question, does she still believe in Santa Claus? No, I crushed that when she was like two. Okay, that she's ready. No, just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that it? Uh, but she, the, we still do the elf on the shelf. I, okay. The logic of that escapes I... me. I learned from the Santa revealed that my wife cares about that a lot and uh i care about my wife therefore the elf from the shelf has not been squashed uh so i I only i only say that not to get to sidetracked um Teresa welch i think actually is the one that that kind of talked about this when it comes to uh to to younger people to get baptized i think kenna was baptized when she was younger like nine or Mm ten um and i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that but at the same time too if you are at a phase in your life where like you're young and maybe you still believe in things like Santa Claus. It can be really hard if you like get really invested in this thing at a young age. And mm. then you get to an age where like, oh, hey, by the way, these holidays, these these things that we celebrate and we have like these mascots for, those aren't real. Yeah. And that could really call into question. You're like, well, was everything I was doing when I was younger? Right. It was all fake. And so I'm not saying that's across the board that's going to happen. With everything. Yeah. Um, but it is something I think to be yeah. weary of. Yeah. Caleb, what's a, what's a statement that a mentor said to you? That's I have no idea. <laughs> uh, I would say probably something Nate, uh, honestly has said to me and we're probably working at Starbucks and it is the verse that is, I think it's engraved on the knife you gave me. Um, but it's, it's the idea to be quick to listen, slow to speak, mm-hmm. slow to anger, or slow to anger, slow to speak. And that yeah, has so. been... Mm-hmm. That has been my, I don't know, like it, when people talk about verses that they like go back to yeah. for everything. When I, when I'm talking about, am I, am I a healthy Christian right now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Am, am I showing people Jesus? My mm-hmm. thing I go back to is, is, am I listening? Yeah. You know, you guys know I, I can talk. I can talk mm-hmm. for a while. <laughs> I, I'm okay. I'm okay. At yeah. That. yeah. Um, but listening is hard, but at the same mm-hmm. time too, listening, there is healing and listening. There is. Um, Jason used to say all the time. He would talk about the miracles in the Bible, even things like healing lepers and things like that, where mm-hmm. it's like, that would be really awesome to have that power. And that would be undeniable. And it's like, but I don't feel like I can heal people. And then Jason's like, well, you can call, you can call someone on the phone. Like just because you can't physically put hands on them mm-hmm. and make their skin disease go away does not mean you can't heal people. Mm-hmm. And that has really stuck with me too. Like, I think that the spirit through community, through mentorship mm-hmm. has taught me that, uh, in order to, to love people, I need to listen first. Yeah. And so I would say that's probably stuck with me the most. That's good. What about you, Nate? Um, well, I asked that because they're the one statement like is, has been on my mind, but I thought of another one that I've always kept with. And I asked that because obviously like I'm in this transition of, you know, jobs or whatever. And obviously speaking of which I'll, I'll wait to post this until you give her two weeks. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, the first statement is from pastor Jim. And he, we ended that time when I, you know, went to him and he said, Hey, whatever, like the next chapter you're going to go into, God's already there. Mm. I was like, bro, 
He's prepared words for and you. And is preparing words. Here's the thing, Pastor Jim, I wish y'all could meet him because you listen to his sermon and you want to get tattoos of some of the things he says. It's like I want to keep that forever. I want that man. He's a good uh, oh, yeah. I don't want And to so that's why and that's that. why I said it's like, you know, that's why I asked you guys like, you know, Tweet obviously it's, it's yeah. situational. Yes. But I think, yeah, like whatever my next chapter is, God's already there. He's preparing. He's ready for me. But he's also right here too, and he's walking with me and he's comforting me. Um, and then the second one is from Cognitive, like my young life leader mentor as well. Um, and this is like just, you know, my belief of, you know, discipling high school students, but even any human is there's two things. He told me like, there's two things every person wants Mm -hmm. to be known and to be loved. Yeah. And that, and that has, and that has stuck with me for so long and still will. So yeah, those are the two statements that have been on my heart. So, Again, we'll keep them there. Keep yeah, them on your heart. I will. I might get tattooed or something. So <laughs> yeah. For sure, there. Um, one quick thing it has nothing to do. I mean, it has to do with mentorship, but nothing to do with what you just said. I just want to share this story really badly. So, when I was a freshman in college, I went from this awesome community of believers and mentors in Michigan, and then I moved to Missouri, and I'm just completely starting from scratch. Uh, I had a really tough time kind of finding mentors. Like it's like church shopping, you know, where it's like, yeah. how, how do I go about this conversation? <laughs> like, it just happens organically, right? No one teaches you how to do it. You just assume a lightning bolt's going to come down. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and so finally, it got to a point, uh, my freshman year was not going well. School, ac- academically, it was going fine, but um, there was a lot of stuff going on with my family, with my sister, and uh, I was in the process of, like, slowly breaking up with my girlfriend at the time. And so I... Asked a professor, I asked Shane Wood, when I was taking one of his classes at the time, and I was like, he's a cool dude. Was it X? No, I was taking a Life of Christ with him, I think. Oh, or a Christian so... Life, one of those. I get the names mixed up. I don't remember. And so I sat down with him, and we were talking, and I just, I told him my situation. And he had, he just told me, like, to my face, he said, all right, you need to break up, and you need to not talk to her, cut her out of your life, delete her on social media, Get rid of those temptations. Yep. You, need to, you need to be That's done it. with that relationship. You ghosted her. He basically told me to ghost her. Yeah. But then he also <laughs> said, he said, and if we have another conversation and you tell me that you guys got back together and start talking again, I can just never trust you again. <laughs> and I oh was like, God. Yes. That's so intense. Uh, I say that, though, to, to For say For an 18-year-old? Jeez. I was probably 19 at the 18, time. 18, 19? Still a lot. Um, it was very intense, especially since, like, we didn't really have this uh, yeah. super strong relationship. Yeah. It was fairly new, um, but I still really respected it. Like he was very honest. I yeah. totally saw where he was coming from. Yeah, and that's the thing about mentorship too is sometimes we need to hear what we don't want to hear. Yep. Sometimes we know it, and sometimes we just need someone to say it. And him, even just to say like, if you go back in my advice, I just can't trust you. And he just show like, I why would you? Why would I give you my advice again in the future? Consequences. Exactly. And like being that like yeah. so point blank where it's like, yes, that stuff exists like mm-hmm. under the surface, but presenting it that way is just like, no, this is the reality. Yeah. I think there's a time and place to be real like that. I can't tell a high school student. Well, I mean, it's, it it's depends. a great, You know what I mean? It so <laughs> as, as we disciple others, it is a constant calibration of grace and truth, right? Jesus mm-hmm. came full of grace and truth. Yeah. And we want to believe it's a seesaw. Right. I'm either showing grace or I'm showing truth. Right. When the reality is 
Grace and truth together is discipleship. All grace, no truth. Mm-hmm. You are just enabling someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All truth, no grace. You are yeah. crushing the life out of someone. Right. If you put them together, then you're discipling. Mm-hmm. And I think that's hard. But Jesus modeled it for us, right? What did he tell Peter Absolutely. when he met him? Come and follow me, and I'll make you a fisher of men. Yeah. Like, it wasn't a... And, and we wrestle with this with, with life group stuff and community with other believers. Mm-hmm. Like, hey... We're going to multiply out of this life group and and build that, other that life groups. Yeah. And what is everybody here? Oh, we're dividing. We're breaking down. Like everywhere, get it sounds like a divorce. Yeah, like baloney. Yeah, this is a let's change the language and recognize that when I'm inviting Caleb to follow my advice, I'm also challenging him right. with the truth of what's to come. Yeah, and I, I think that's something that I still struggle with. Right. That's not to say I'm not ready to disciple others, but that's something that's hard for me. Yeah. I am still learning and growing, and that's why I need people poking me in the eye when I mess it up. Yeah, yeah, like, I agree. That's just I don't know, just the the whole way about like, it's, awkward, it's, not, it's, it's, it's really awkward. awkward. But I understand now. But it's constant battle with our own pride. It right? is because it's like if I'm always just going to show so much grace and like so much like like oh, it's okay, man. Like you messed up. Like you. Like you had sex with that girl this weekend, like you drank this weekend, you smoked, like the typical stuff that I do with high school students. Mm-hmm. There are times where it's like, I'm so scared to tell them like, dude, you messed up and I'm mad that you messed up. Yeah. And it is probably a long, I was like, I don't know if I, like, if you trust me, like, because I don't know if I trust you, if, if it's like, I'm well, just always coddling you, but yeah. I've also learned, right? And yeah, I, I just, you just got to take every situation like that. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, with yeah. who you're discipling or who you're mentoring. I think, too, Jesus <laughs> Shame <one>. Jesus demonstrates. <laughs> Shout out to Shane Wood. <laughs> he demonstrates the capital idea, right? He builds that relationship right. capital. He yeah. spends the time with them. You know, or there's there's relational, there's monetary. Like, he is building up the ladder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when he's with the woman at the well, when he speaks truth, he's put in the time. Yeah. And that's maybe not a great example because, obviously, as Christ homie could walk into that situation and discern a way that we are not capable of. We could be, right? Someday we're growing towards that. But the reality (laughs) is for us, like you're describing a situation, like those students are telling you that not because they don't know you, but because they do. Right. And so I think as people who disciple others, you have to lean into that relationship and trust. Absolutely. And they know like who they are to you. I, and I, I use this language with, with Ava, and maybe that's a great example. Like, you know, I'm not a great discipler. She's seven. These are my training wheels. Ava, we have a relationship. Re- responsibility follows that. Yeah. You have responsibility because of the relationship yeah. we have. Mm-hmm. You are my daughter. Nothing will ever change mm-hmm. that. No matter what, mm-hmm. I will love you mm-hmm. all the time. And that doesn't mean I approve of all your behavior. Yeah. You still get spanking in time and yeah. timeouts. But... And I think that's the hard part when we disciple others. We, I don't do a good job of verbalizing that well, of oh, saying, yeah. hey, this relationship will not change. Because that's what the Father demonstrates right. for us. He yeah. continues to extend that grace. Yeah, You are still my son. Right. I am still the bride of Christ. Mm-hmm. However, comma, you jacked up your responsibility Straight up. and you're going to lose some. Yeah, but-, but he also gives us the opportunity, again, not to earn it back. But because I am his son, because I am the bride of Christ, he will in turn give me that responsibility. Yeah. And so, I mean, 
if I'm responsible with it. Yeah. But that's that's a the dude's Yeah, so when you're searching truth is hard. So for listeners like when you're searching for a good mentor, like if you don't have a mentor who's gonna always love you, but also challenge you and to Mm -hmm. call you on your crap and things like that, like Yeah. You gotta, you gotta find something like that. Yeah. Invitation and challenge have to both exist in the same way that grace mm, and truth yeah. have to both exist. Well, I think that's a good stopping point. Um, hopefully, if you're listening to this, you're encouraged. We we encourage you. Um, if you do not have a Christian community and or a mentor, reach out. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll put our contact. I mean, I'm not going to put their contact info. You'll have a way to get in touch, obviously, with, with some of us. And uh, we can start there. You know, we'll help you yeah. out. So, again, um, if you like the podcast, feel free to share it. You never know um, what we said here. Someone might need to hear you know, tomorrow. I think it really helps us. So that said, this is another edition of the St. Paul Student Ministry Podcast. Signing off. Goodbye.